the Howard College Podcast. A podcast for the students, by the students. Home of the Howard College Hawks. What's this going on? Combined production from the heart of West Texas. Hey, y'all. Y'all need some twang up in here. What did he say? <laughs> Information for new college students. And future Hawks. Howard College. Let me San Angelo. Swid. And now, it's time to get to work. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. This month, we're talking about cash. Hard to keep, easy to lose. We'll talk about scholarships, budgeting, savings, ways to get money and ways to lose it, other topics related to your cash flow as a college student. We will also gain a different perspective on what it means to go to college from our very own Jonathan Jellen, a student here from Haiti. We're going to mention all of the student activities coming up in October, and don't miss a special sneak peek of our Halloween Spooktacular special, which will officially release October 14th with real stories of hauntings and Halloween mischief told by our Howard College students. We'll also chat with our men's basketball coaches. Definitely an episode you don't want to miss. to introduce you to two new crew members this semester, Forrest and Addison. Hi, my name is Forrest Jones. I'm from San Angelo, Texas, and I am studying dental hygiene. Hi, my name is Addison Jones, and I'm from a little town called Cristobal, and I'm on the Big Spring campus, and I am in the dental hygiene program, and I'm second year. And a little more housekeeping, Reagan is going to cover the academic calendar. October 10th is the last day to register for the second eight-week classes, and the first eight-week classes end and you take your final exams. And it's also the last day to drop your second eight-week classes at 100% refund. On October 11th, we will have our mid-semester break, so there will not be any classes and the Howard College offices will be closed. On October 14th, the second eight-week classes begin. Before we start out, I just want to give a huge shout out to eLearning for setting us up with our new recording room. If you haven't stopped by, you should totally come check it out. We're located on the second floor of Horace Garrett. They donated the space and two Mac Pro computers that we use for production. Another special thanks to Howard College Marketing Department and Student Services for our microphone upgrades and official music licensing, which you will hear and benefit from on every episode. Another thing that's kind of new is uh, Third Thursdays, we are setting up in the sub to stop by and give a quick shout out to somebody, uh, give a pat on the back for our next episode, or just say hi to a friend. You'll hear those throughout the episode, like this one. My name is Brandon Myers. I'm a first-year trainer at Howard College. I just want to thank Miss Natalie for helping me stay on track with schoolwork and becoming a better trainer. Moi c'est Charles Jonathan Gelin. Moi sorti Porto Prince Haiti et moi Howard College um, La Texas. Aside from a degree or certification, one of the most valuable things you get while in college is the exposure to other people from other cultures and backgrounds. They have experienced the same world you have up to now, but sometimes in a drastically different way. By getting to know your classmates and dorm room neighbors, you benefit from learning new perspectives. It might be surprising to you as you start talking to others how different experiences can shape people into their current selves. I spoke with one of our Big Spring students recently about that very topic. We talked about the differences in the educational experience from his point of view growing up in Haiti. I'm Charles Jonathan Angelin. I'm from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and I'm here at Howard College, and I'm majoring in um, business and management. And I was born in and grew up in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Port-au-Prince is is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, and 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 the. Like saying that you grew up in this place and you have a lot of memories in it, and you know that this the area was pretty kind of tough sometimes. 
in every single country, you know, like there is somehow there's um, tough days, tough months, tough years, and and about the products and stuff, gas, um, the rising price of the gas and stuff. So it was pretty tough for people to just like get stuff together and and, and move around because it was um, really hard for them to um, get it together. The community was pretty, they were nice people and I, I was born in, in, in the community and um, my mom was responsible for youth um, department or group for the community like we were planting trees and having activities. She was like trying to um, give them more than what they they're learning at school so they they were um, producing some sandals bracelet stuff like that so even clothes too so they were pretty like all of them were really talented uh, I, I had a lot of fun though in school yeah, a lot of memories the early school was pretty much uh, new and fun and in Haiti you have to really pay from kindergarten until you finish so you have to pay for it uh, for school and stuff like that in Port-au-Prince you have multiple businesses and people that are working like you always seeing people working and, and everything and it's pretty much middle class it's just all of them just mixed up and they're just like trying to make it like work together to 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 make things work it's a democracy and uh, we've been um, victim of two uh, dictatorship back then but now is democracy and and uh, we have police and stuff and we don't really have a military like in form right now they still um, tanking and, and analyzing the, the the idea of getting it back but um it'll take time it'll take time <laughs> what I used to do for fun is like we, we used to uh, um, use them kites um, and marbles, hide and seek. They call it Lago Cache in, in Creole. And playgrounds. We, we had some arcade uh, place and still. And it was like um, really entertaining though. Um, the kite are kind of different than, than, than other ones because ours is like you gotta build it from real wood by yourself with like a like a lot of things like to make it fun um, so marbles I never try to play it and I don't want to play because it um, it's it's just <laughs> what I what I chose but I didn't seek and and arcades my kite it's not not personally mine my dad uh, he, he made uh, multiple of hours like just you have to put a razor at the end. You got a long stuff in it, so when you when you have like a friend all the way down there, you just can just cut the his his kite. It's a it's a um, very fun game to do um, until like unless you don't know the person. So um, you can just hear and the other person is like outside in the streets, like just minding his business but you just like go ahead go ahead there's some ways you can just um take the kite and just in front of it and just cut it you gotta know how to run hide it's like a hide and seek but you you gotta know how to um hide too but it's not that big of it uh, of a deal it's just a, a a game though you can put another string in it but you just when you put like do it one time a second time a third time like you, you trying to find us <laughs> some trouble so yeah i love music but um haitian music is is different it's different it's really amazing the way we reproduce music the way we dance the music too we had back then coupe cloué it was a group um septentrion was also a group in the north i think um we have now some newly um, um, just created um, group, musical group, but it's really beautiful um, culture. There's a kind of feeling, a genuine feeling, that when you're home and when you're not 
and that's that's pretty much what I miss the most, like home. But um, it's it's for cause, and and there's a meaning behind all this story. But um, we'll see furthermore where we can um, leads us. So yeah, I miss home. The difference pretty big is the culture. The culture is different. The way of thinking is different, and that it's it's really interesting. Like because the differences are like the language, first off, and the religions and the way people think of things and stuff like that. Somehow we got on the topic of church, and Jonathan, he has to be called Charles, his middle name, mentioned that he likes to sing. I asked if he would sing something in his native language for us. He was reluctant for a minute and then gave in. Here's what happened. Pour le pays, pour les ancêtres, marchons unis, marchons unis. Dans nos points de traître, du sol, soyons seuls, maîtres. Marchons unis, marchons unis pour le pays, pour les ancêtres. Marchons, marchons, marchons unis pour le pays, pour les ancêtres. We've said it here before. Don't miss the opportunity to make new connections with students who are outside of your normal circle of friends. I assure you, these relationships will be the ones you remember. Hey, this is Avery. I want to give Coach Lyle a shout out for helping me throughout the year and last year. This is Otis Franklin. I'm an instructor and I teach BCIS and I just want to give a huge shout out to Travis for knocking assignments out, working hard and uh, just in overall being a great student. This is Sterling from Big Spring. I wanted to say thank you to John Overton for helping me so much already this year. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Clay Brown from Queens, New York. I'm the basketball team here at Howard. And I want to give a big shout out to my coaching staff on the Ben's basketball team. Thank you. College students know too well the saying of, sorry, I can't, I'm broke, or sorry, I don't have money for that. These feelings of not having money to do things in college can be a real struggle. This is supposedly the time of our lives where we are supposed to be doing all of this fun stuff, but how are we supposed to do that without any money? There are several opportunities around Howard College where you can earn some money. For example, work study. You can work a maximum of 19 hours a week, and the schedule is flexible enough to work with your school schedule, which we all know, school comes first. Also, if you did not know by now, student activities are free, and you are encouraged to attend, whether you live in the D's or all the way across town. So let's hear from our new student activity coordinator what's going on this month. Hey everyone, my name is Amanda Sines. I'm the new student life coordinator. Uh, I'm actually located in the Fishbowl, which is in the student union building, so that's where you can find me. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about a couple activities that we have going on. Um, the next thing that we have is paint and popcorn, and that's going to be on October 7th. Um, you're going to sign up on a sign-up sheet. October is actually Mental Health Awareness Month, and a big day is October 10th, so we'll have some information about how to um, relax your anxiety, um, ease those stressors in your life. We're going to have an event on October 9th, which is the anxiety balloons, and you're just going to fill up the balloon, write your stressors or whatever you got going on, and then just let that go into the sky. So it's kind of called Let Go and Let Be, which is really cool. And then it's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we have a bunch of um, little activities going on in the sub on October 15th at 11.30. Um, for all the staff, please come out and just get a little 
bracelet. We're going to have a, a bunch of different styles that you can choose from. If you're a survivor, we have one specifically for that. And then something really cool that a lot of you may not know about is actually co-ed spike ball. And what spike ball is is like a combination of four square, um, volleyball, and tennis all in one. If you've never heard of it, I highly recommend that you YouTube it. It's actually an ESPN sport, and it's actually becoming a college sport. So I think that's really cool, um, something new and different that we're going to offer here at Howard. And then we're going to have our drunk goggles night, so we're actually going to order and buy a Nintendo Switch so you can come out, um, put the drunk goggles on while you're driving. Um, the Nintendo Switch, you're going to have drunk goggles, so it's going to test your perception of how you would actually drive um, if you're intoxicated. Uh, and then the next thing is our coffee cart, our hot coffee cart. So um, starting October 28th, every Monday, we're going to have the hot coffee cart out there from 7.30 to 10.30. So you can grab a cup, add all your creamers, your sugars, whatever you like. If you like to drink it black, that's fine. Just pick it up and take it to class. Um, just something new and fun for you guys to get, get out there. We're going to be outside of the sub in the morning. You'll see our little coffee cart out there. And then the last thing is our... Um, pumpkin painting so you guys we have two times for this so um the 30th and the 31st the 30th is going to be at 7 p.m in the student union building and then the 31st is going to be at 10 30 a.m what's really cool about this is we're going to make a trail for our um community trunk or treat which is a trick or treat for all of the kids within howard county that can come and participate all our student athletes will be out there but we're going to put all your pumpkins that you paint out there and the community gets to vote on whatever one is their favorite and then you get a prize uh, for whoever gets the most votes so just come out and join us I can't wait to meet you if you have any questions about creating a club or an organization my email is asaenz at howardcollege.edu thanks can't wait to meet you and a quick message from Caitlin Brosh in San Angelo about their student activities for the month Student activities for October in St. Angelo include Pink Out Howard College on October 8th. We'll have some free donuts and pink activities in the training center that morning. Murder at Abbey Manor Masquerade during our October game night on October 15th at 5 p.m. in the library. You can wear your masquerade outfit or just come and enjoy the free food and games with us. October 16th at 11 a.m. we will have a private tour of the new Journey Recovery Center just built right down the road from Howard College. It's the only alcohol and drug rehab center with a medical basis in the Concho Valley. And October 31st on Halloween we'll have our annual freak out event that morning in the academic building. We'll have a costume contest with three awesome prizes for the top costumes, as well as always free food and prizes. Now let's talk money management. I personally have very poor money management skills because I like the motto, you only live once. I mean, don't we all? How am I supposed to live my best life, as Krista Magallanes would say, and not spend money? I guess giving up Starbucks would be a start. You can also apply for FAFSA, which by the way, this is a great month to get that done. So just like last month, I have a challenge for y'all. I want you to get a piece of paper and start by writing down an estimated total income for the month. Once you do that, list everything that you think you spend money on. Now. Evaluate how much money you actually spend on that coffee drink or that midday online clothing purchase. If you are struggling with financial stability, maybe now would be a good time to realize that that honey butter chicken biscuit isn't worth it every night. Hey, why you gotta cut out the honey butter chicken biscuit? What is your favorite meal to make in your dorm room and how do you make it? My favorite meal to make in my dorm room is the breakfast muffin in a cup. You take the wrapper off, you put three tablespoons of room temp or hot water in, 
you heat it up for a minute and a half and then you eat it. After you let it cool off, of course. Yeah. If you go to tasty.com, you can find dorm room recipes that you can literally make in the microwave. For example, you can make microwave fried rice, microwave 10 minute loaded potato, microwave four minute barbecue chicken nachos, and microwave five minute mac and cheese. And I checked it, it's actually tasty.co, not tasty.com, so don't make the mistake I did and go look for tasty.com and get no good recipes. And by the way, we decided we would have some students from the podcast crew actually try one of these recipes to see if it was any good. So we have Forrest and Addison uh, about to take you to the store and try out one of these recipes. Addison, I found this delicious looking recipe and it only takes three minutes. Three minutes? Only three minutes. You know what it is? What could it be? An omelet in a mug. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Let's try it out. Let's go. All right. So we're going to Walmart and this is what we need to get. We need two eggs, a half bell pepper diced, which I don't care for. Oh um, no, we're getting the bell pepper. Seriously? That's what makes it. Okay. okay. We'll think about it. Two slices of ham diced. A fourth cup of spinach, chopped, and salt and pepper, if you would like. So let's go to Walmart. All right, take us away. Go. Okay, so we have the eggs, the ham, the spinach, and now I'm gonna go get the bell pepper, okay? Okay, not for me. Ooh, okay, you let's, don't. Let's add some cheese, too. Okay, we can get the cheese bell pepper for me okay so we made it back to the dorm and we're gonna look at step one on our recipe it is combine all ingredients in a microwavable mug okay so I have the egg two eggs I have my bell pepper already diced throwing some in there then fourth cup of spinach but I'm gonna add a little more because I love spinach and we're gonna throw on some pepper and salt just for the taste. And I'm gonna add the cheese, cause I love cheese. Now I'm gonna mix it all up. And we're gonna put it in the microwave for, for two to three minutes. Let's do two and a half. Okay, now that it's been halfway through, you can uh, mix it up. Okay. Stir it together. Oh, that looks good. Mm. It smells delicious. Look at that cheese. Mm. You might as well get some cheese on top. Yeah, let's put more some more cheese. Okay, and then we put it in for the remaining of the time. Point five seconds left. Mmm. Mmm. Let's give it a shot. Oh, look at how delicious that looks. Asin, how's it taste? Let's try it out. Mmm. That tastes so good. Here, you try. I'll try a bite. Oh my goodness. So, y'all get these quick and easy recipes off tasty.co and they are so fast and efficient. Okay, for more information, check out the link in our show notes. Hello, this is Juicy Cotton, assistant men's basketball coach. I want to give a huge shout out to the men's basketball team. We really appreciate all the hard work. Thank you. Hi, my name is Elizabeth, and I want to wish all Howard College students a great fall semester. This is Courtney, and I want to give a shout out to Jake and Mike for being the best rodeo coaches ever. Most of you have at least probably heard of Dave Ramsey. He advocates using cash and getting and then staying out of debt. On his website, you can find out a ton of information about specific steps to take. He has a book and a radio show as well, all in line with that topic. 
One of our faculty members lived that experience personally. He joins us to talk about student debt and gives us some advice about developing good financial habits early. I came here uh, to Howard with um, quite a bit of student loan debt, probably more than what kind of the average person has. I, well, my name is Dan Kiley. I'm the director of music here at Howard College. Um, I've been here, this is my ninth year now at Howard, um, and about my sixth or seventh overseeing the entire department. I started out as an adjunct. Um, I came from uh, Indiana, where I did, was doing my master's at the time, but I'm originally from Texas, from the Dallas area. I grew up, uh, my parents luckily covered my undergrad, but um, I decided that I would, I would take on the responsibility of my master's degree. I was never told not to take out student loans and to not like look at uh, other alternatives to pay for school. I mean, I had a job in college, um, all the way through college and things like that, but it was really just to cover my rent and things like that. But um, nobody ever told me not to take out loans. I just had kind of always had in my mind that um, loans were just a part of life, that you could you take out a car loan, you take out a house loan, you just take out student loans and you're gonna pay on them the rest of your life. So I just found myself, once I moved here, is I got a big boy job and it was time to like make money and I my church had offered this class um, called Financial Peace University and I thought I would take it because I really wanted to learn how to do a budget that to me felt like the only thing I didn't know how to do when it came to money uh, so I, I took the class and uh, within just the first couple weeks I realized I was in like a whole other mess that I I uh, didn't know about um, one of the classes has you add up all your debt, your credit card debt, your your car debt, and things like that. I had just bought a brand new car because I had gotten this job, and I was like, all right, I can get a car finally. And so I, I thought I got a great deal. Of course, they always tell you you're getting a great deal on a car. So I added up everything, and it, it came to uh, it was about a about $106,000 in debt. For uh, at that time, I was like 25 years old, and I just couldn't believe I had that much debt. It was it was um, overwhelming at first. Um, so going through the class, I kind of learned some things, but I didn't really like really stick to it. Um, I started paying some things off. I, I started creating more of a budget, uh, but it wasn't really until I uh, got engaged to my my now wife Nadia that we decided we really needed to kind of turn things around. What really motivated me, and, and I tell this is kind of my little story, is that we sat down to do our budget for the first time. We were in the middle of the class. We were taking financial piece together um, as a couple, and the, one of the homework assignments is to do a budget together. And I, she had known about my debt. She had known all these things, but I knew that when she saw it on paper that it would really like change things. Um, so we put it on paper, and she just started crying. She just... I was like, how are we going to pay for this? Um, we, I don't even know where to begin. And that was kind of where I just said, well, that's why we have to have a plan. And so from then on, we've, we've done a budget every month. Um, we paid off that $106,000 in two years, um, working multiple jobs. I was, uh, we just had a brand new baby. This was two years ago. Um, but we had just had a brand new baby, and I, had, I was delivering pizzas for Domino's over the summer just to make extra money. I'm a, I was a 30-year-old college professor delivering pizzas at Domino's, you know, to, uh, to pay off this debt. And, uh, but we got it done. We've been debt-free since. It's been uh, almost two years now we've been debt-free and um, just, just have really enjoyed it. Um, so many more opportunities to do things, to go places. I guess what I want to kind of encourage students to really look at is is that getting through college debt-free is probably your number one goal. Loans are not fun to take care of when you're done. They seem like a great thing at the time. It seems great to get uh, you know, this free money, so to speak, but it, it is has to be paid back eventually. Um, and especially coming to Howard College where the, the prices are reasonable um, to get a, a full course load, um, really just a you know, 20 hour a week job can cover most of the college and then there's other outstanding things to take care of the biggest thing is is to start with a budget tonight you know or tomorrow um and and a, the budget that that we do the budget that uh that my wife and i do is called a zero-based budget 
And what that means is that um, everything that you make, all your income that you make for a month, um, you spend everything. Now, that doesn't mean that you, you know, you, you do your budget and you've got, you know, $300 left in your budget and you're like, okay, I'm going to go blow it on McDonald's or whatever. It doesn't mean that you have to spend it. It means that every item, every dollar has a category. So maybe you put a little bit more into savings or maybe you put a little bit more into paying off your debt. Moving forward, how can you get through college without adding to the debt? Because you are in a place where you don't have to pay back the debt until you're out of school and that, that deferment is done. Um, and the most important thing is to get through school without adding to that debt. Um, so that might be uh, working an extra job. That might be a smaller course load. Um, I don't think there's kind of the stigma that I have to get through college in four years. I have to get through as fast as possible. Yes. Probably in a sense, we do want to get through as fast as possible so we can get to those opportunities to make more money. But if it's just not possible for you, don't suddenly think, well, I got to take out all these loans so I can get done in those four years that society tells me I need to get done in. So the most important thing in your budget, regardless of whether you make $1,000 a month or $200 a month or $10,000 a month, you cover your, your basic expenses first, cover your food, you cover your house, you cover your transportation, um, your utilities, and you know bare minimum worth of clothing that you need. Something I tell people all the time is like nobody is is in a situation that you can't get out of. Like some people, it takes them hitting rock bottom to finally work their way back up. And I would say that time I did that budget with my wife is us hitting rock bottom. Um, just seeing my wife in a a mood like that, a situation like that was not something I ever want her to feel again. Um, and so from then on, we, we pushed to, to pay off debt. I mean, we didn't go out to eat. We didn't go on vacation. Um, we, we did the bare minimum that we could to, to sacrifice um, any penny we had to, to pay off that debt. And now, now we're out and we're looking to new things. I was counseling a at actual, actually one of my students now, this was uh, this time last year, um, or maybe in the spring, um, I was just kind of counseling him and showing him like, do you realize like if you were to start putting towards retirement now, which nobody thinks when I'm 19 years old, you know, do I need to put towards retirement? No, but if we did, you know, I showed him, I was like, even if you just put, you know, let's say you did this amount um, starting now until you were 65, and so we, we plug it in this retirement calculator and it, it turned out to be like, I want to say it was like $12 million in his retirement account, you know, and it was like a hundred dollars a month that he put away towards retirement. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, but as far as like retirement now for college kids, it's just, uh, I would follow the baby steps. That's what I would tell anybody um, to do, regardless of where you are. The budget is the place to start. Um, and just kind of know that no matter what your situation is, you can get out of it. This is a big passion of mine. Um, I love talking to students about it. And I really just like, I really like to point out what culture teaches us and really what we should know about it. Because culture is, is teaching the wrong thing when it comes to this. And I really just want to begin helping other people look at it in a different way. Dan gave us some good tips on ways to avoid debt overall, to preparing for our future. Julie is here to answer questions and provide information over scholarships. So Julie? Hi, I'm Julie Bailey and I have been at Howard College for 17 years. I currently serve as the Director of Institutional Advancement and Assistant to the President. I work with scholarships and donors and I'm glad to be here. Scholarships are additional aid to pay for your college education. You don't have to pay a scholarship back like you do a loan, and with some scholarships there are requirements such as community service hours. Everyone that attends Howard College uh, is eligible for scholarships. Some scholarships do have requirements such as certain grade point average or degree plan, but others have no requirements. At Howard College we try to award all that we have available each year but we need students like you to apply to be able to award those funds. Scholarship applications are available online at the Howard College website and they're due at different times during the year. April 1st for the best money, July 1st for those last minute stragglers, 
And for the fall semester, uh, or those are for the fall semester, and then November 1st for the spring semester. When we have money left over that wasn't used in the fall, we uh, award some additional scholarships for the spring. After your application is received at Howard College, it is reviewed by a committee and selections are made based on criteria for each, for each scholarship. We've all heard of scholarships and I was already aware that you know students could apply for a scholarship and they could get money to help pay for college that they would not have to pay back. But where does that money come from? I've always kind of wondered how colleges get the money to give to students in the first place. We have donors who just want to make a contribution $500, $1,000, they want to establish a scholarship um, in, in memory of someone, but they don't want it endowed. They just want to use the money that they donate to give to a student for a scholarship. There are others who want to form an endowment, and so with a minimum amount of $5,000, they can name the scholarship, help us with the guidelines, and then it is always there because that endowment amount is never used. So the only amount that is used isn't money above the endowment or interest that's earned. Um, this year we had uh, a couple of art scholarships that uh, donors were memorializing. One was their mother who had taught piano here in Big Spring for uh, over, oh gosh, 30 years. And so her son established a scholarship in her name we have another one that was uh, to memorialize a niece of a donor. And so uh, as a donor, if you just call me, we can work out uh, whatever guidelines you, you want. I thought it was great of Julie to talk about the scholarships. I know um, when I was in high school, I really thought that scholarships were one of those things that you had to be a stellar athlete or just a all-around academic rock star to get offered a scholarship by a college. I didn't even realize that you could go apply for them. So I don't want any of our dual credit students or anyone interested in coming to college to think that scholarships are unattainable. I mean, it's a good topic to know for school because yeah. so many people come into college, they don't want to go through the process of applying for scholarships or what their parents make. They're like, well, I'm not going to be able to even be considered for that scholarship. So that's why it's neat to hear Julie come and speak to us about scholarships and more information because most people just blow it off. But then going into college at 18 and 19, your parents want you to apply for scholarships, but sometimes you're, you just don't think you're going to get that scholarship, so you'd rather just pull out another loan. And in the end, when you turn 24 or 25, you'll be like, man, I should listen to my parents. Putting these perspectives together from Dan by Preventing Debt to Julia explaining scholarships to students can provide alternatives to loans and tips to avoid and getting over your head. From this perspective, I would start somewhere to develop good habits with managing your spending and to avoid any kind of debt throughout school. Special thanks to Dan Kylie and Julie Bailey. Dan said if you have any questions at all and would like to speak to him more about paying off your debt or making a solid budget, feel free to reach out to him. We'll put his contact information in our show notes, as well as Julie Bailey for sharing her expertise and scholarships. If you are a student looking for one and have more questions, you can reach out to Julie. And if you are a donor, business owner, somebody local who would like to help establish a new scholarship, we will also put Julie's contact information in our show notes. This is Quinn in Big Spring, Texas. I'd like to shout out to Lita and Caitlin for bringing Carlos into my life. Carlos is a dog. <laughs> hey, this is Amanda. I just wanted to give a shout out to Coach Shelton and Coach Reigns for giving me a second chance at college softball. Hey, this is Sean. I want to give a shout out to the Howard College basketball team. Um, we're looking forward to a good season. Good luck. Last month, we talked to the women's basketball coaches about the new season and some of the new players. Even met one of our new coaches, Misha Wade. This month, we're talking to our men's basketball coaches, so you are about to hear from Coach Junzi Cotton and Coach Gabe Palmquist-Clark. Okay. Hello, my name is Junzi Cotton. I'm the assistant men's basketball coach here at Howard College. Our head coach, Scott Rains, couldn't be here, so me and Coach PC are filling in. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe Palmquist-Clark, uh, assist, other assistant coach here at Howard. 
Yeah, Se- seven, 17 players on the team right now. One of them was here last year, so that's an interesting ratio. But matter of fact, last year it was uh, we only had one kid that was a returner. Also, it's just the nature of junior college. A lot of times, um, you know, that's that's just the way it can be. But we we've got one returner, and we've got uh, including him ten sophomores. So those, those are kids that were at other schools that came here looking for a better opportunity because of how competitive our league is, how good the program is. I think they wanted to be involved at a school like this. Um, to make sure where some of those kids came from, I mean, Division One schools to from junior colleges. I mean, it's you know you've got a mix of all these transfers, and they're all kind of coming here. And it's the great thing about our league and our schools; it's an equal playing field for everybody. It doesn't matter where you've been, who you are, um, you're all the same now. Um, and that's the that's the thing I enjoy about it. So we have uh, ten, ten, 10 sophomores total, seven. Freshmen now, all the freshmen are even different. Some are right out of high school. Some are from prep schools, you know. And it's even, uh, you know, it's it's even it's even you know more diversity in that. Uh, just everyone's from somewhere different. And then uh, the makeup is good, though. We have enough older guys, but our freshmen can play. Um, so when then we've uh, we have a couple kids from out of the country, um, three kids from out of the country, one from the Republic of Georgia. Um, one from uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, who's the other one I'm missing? Um, that was it, Mike and T. Yeah, those those two are from. Yeah, those two are from uh, uh, those countries. There, we had what well, we had one from Senegal last year, one from Spain. Um, you know, the kids we have this year, they were both in the states. Uh, so we were we, we kind of found out about them through the states, but knowing. You know, we're tied into who, you know, who they know in their countries. Um, so I know, you know, one of our guys was playing FIBA basketball and uh, for his country this year, which FIBA is like the international competition where they play other countries, and he was doing a great job there. And I truly think because of how much he was playing in that tournament, he came here ready to play. I mean, he's really um, – you could tell he played this summer, you know. Um, the other one uh, from Toronto – you know, there's good players from Toronto. The, the prep school program he came out of was good. He's played at uh, Kilgore College before. He's been in Florida, good good program. So he's he's learned a few things along the way. So those kids have those kids have a journey, <laughs> for sure. But um, you know, now they're here and they're gonna. Uh, you know, we're really we're really happy they're here. The coaches discussed that part of building a team is just getting to know each other and building those relationships. So I asked them to share a little bit about their backgrounds and how they came to be coaches. Um, I was born in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, born and raised in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Diehard Tar Heel fan, uh, North Carolina, UNC, the University of National Champions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, anytime you see me, uh, I'm going to be repping the Tar Heels. Um, my situation is one where I went to graduate from Chapel Hill High School in 1990, um, and then I immediately went to junior college in Utah. So my story is a lot different than a lot of people. I uh, got a full scholarship to the College of Eastern Utah, which is now called Utah State East, uh, Utah State Eastern. I uh, played two years there, and then I went on to Utah State University, which is at the top of the state in Logan, Utah and uh, played for um, two very good coaches, Con Smith, who was on Bobby Knight's staff at Indiana. For you basketball fans, Bobby Knight's probably one of the best coaches ever. And then my second year, I uh, played for Larry Eustachy, who is one of the uh, top defensive rebounding coaches in the country. So I was blessed that way. Um, I graduated in 1995 and got right into coaching. And to uh, piggyback on that. Originally, I didn't want to go into coaching. Uh, coach Eustace came in after I graduated and said, hey, you're going to be a coach. And I said, uh, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, I had aspirations of, of being a uh, professional basketball player like all kids do. Uh, immediately realized I wasn't good enough. And I uh, said, well, I'll give this coaching thing a deal, a try. And, um, and I was 20, I think I was 21 years old. And uh, it came fast, and I was in all the staff meetings, and we had Kermit Davis on the staff, who's the head coach at Ole Miss, and um, Steve Barnes. So it, w- it was it was a great experience for me. Uh, and then knowing a year ago, I didn't, you know, after graduating, I did not want to go into coaching. So uh, I learned a lot of basketball then. 
And then I was really, really fortunate after that year, I got hired immediately at my uh, alma mater at College of Eastern Utah and worked for uh, a really, really good friend of mine and stayed there for two years. And then in 97, 1997, um, I became the assistant uh, coach at Midland College right out here in West Texas for uh, Pat Rafferty, who is currently the head coach there now. And just, you know, my path has been really, really um, good for me because I've been around great coaches. Stayed there for two years uh, as an assistant. And then in 1999, became the head coach. Coach Rafferty went on to Louisville. Um, and uh, fortunately, I became the head coach at 27, really young. And people probably don't know this, but that's where me and Coach Reigns met. And uh, we worked together, had unbelievable success. Okay, Gabe, tell us a little bit about where you came from and how you got into coaching. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe Pompos-Clark, um, from Portland, Oregon, originally. Um, born and raised there. Spent most of my life until about 21-ish, mm, 21 years old in Oregon. And then realized, uh, you know, as fun as that is and as cool as it is to be there, it's, you know, you kind of got to leave your comfort zone to, to grow up a little bit. So I went to, uh, from, you know, I started my coaching career in uh, in in Oregon. I was at school at the University of Oregon, go Ducks. And then I was 19 years old. I wanted to you know, be a part of coaching. I My basketball career wasn't much, um, you know, wasn't much of a career for me. I didn't grow any taller, couldn't jump very high. I really loved, really loved basketball. I played it all the time, but I didn't, couldn't take it much farther. So I decided to go to school and see where uh, school could take me, but I wanted to stay in basketball. So that's why I was at Oregon and going to uh, business school. Uh, I wanted to do sports business. I had a dream of working in the front office of the NBA, kind of being one of those guys that Put together teams, signed free agents, traded players, drafted players. That was something I was always uh, interested in. Um, you know, I wanted to work with Oregon's basketball team. Um, I wanted to be uh, a manager for them. I thought that would be fun to be involved with the team. Uh, I never got a sniff, uh, not even an interview, not an email back. They uh, they had some guys lined up, and uh, it was one of those things where a lot of people wanted to do it, and there was, there was some good perks to it. And uh, I just didn't know anybody um, to, to, to get involved, which is fine because I was I, uh, the way it ended up working out. I couldn't have been more happy. I ended up going to the junior college um, next door uh, called Lane Community College. Um, there, I went was a manager there, and it was not glorious. Anyone outside of the city, Eugene, has never heard of Lane, um, but it was it was good for me. You know, I'm waking up at 4:30 a.m. to go sweep the floor and fill up the water bottles for practice at 5, 5.15, and um, it's it was uh, humbling, you know, but early on it just showed me what what you had to do to, to get what you wanted. Um, there was nothing glorious about it. I, I did it the best I could. I just showed up, and I wanted to be involved, and I saw college basketball firsthand from the start, and um, I did that for a year, uh, 19 years old, and, you know, I had a good basketball acumen already. I knew I knew players and how to recruit. I just guys I played against in high school were still, you know, messing around. So I knew a lot of good players. Uh, had a passion for it. I always thought I had a good basketball knowledge base. And um, you know, when uh, our assistant at Lane ended up moving on, um, they promoted me to assistant coach at Lane when I was 20. Um, I'm 20 years old. I'm a college coach, and I don't have a clue what to do. Uh, but that's that was the best way to learn. Um, my former boss, uh, Bruce Chavka, you know, he could have fired me six or seven times, but, you know, I'm young and <laughs> he was trying to give me a chance, and I appreciate that. Uh, it was uh, a lot of fun, so I'm 20 years old, being an assistant at, you know, Lane, and I'm coaching kids older than me, you know, and it was, uh, from there, I just, I, I was still in college, I graduated college, and then I ended up getting a job at Holy Names University in Oakland, California. Um, that was interesting experience being there, very diverse area. It was voted the most diverse school in the nation, Holy Names. Um, we, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we were not great at sports. It wasn't funded well, but it was an opportunity for me to get from junior college to the Division II level, see really good basketball. Um, I felt like I took a step in my career. Um, we went there. We went 3-25 and 25 that year. Um, that was uh, – 
you know, if I wasn't already humbled, that was more humbling than anything. Uh, so we, we didn't have a great year. I, I tried to recruit really hard. That was one thing I always loved was just recruiting, and I, I tried to get, you know, really good players to come to school. I ended up getting uh, a really good couple commitments from kids back in Oregon and some, in, you know, all over. And uh, the, the coach that was taking over a job at uh, Western Oregon noticed, I think, some of the kids that we were recruiting and was kind of surprised to hear we had some of those kids committed to Holy Names. And uh, he he ends up offering me a job at Western Oregon. Western Oregon had, you know, been one of the best schools in the nation the year before. And I he asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, you know, do I, do I need to answer that question? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Uh, Western Oregon's an hour, from, hour and a half from where I'm from in Portland. So I was there the next year and we went, we went 31 and four. Uh, so I went from three and 25 to 31 and four. And you, and then you realize you're like, well, if I'm not going to take the blame for being three and 25, I can't take the credit for being <laughs> 31 and four. So, uh, you like, you, you figure out real quick. It's really not about you. Um, it's really about what, what you've got as a team and a group. And there's a lot of individuals that, um, have to do with the success of a team. I wanted to know from a coach's perspective, what it was like to bring together a group of individuals who had never worked together before, uh, had no previous you know, knowledge of each other's style, had no um, friendships built, and pull them together at the beginning of a season and get them by the end of the season to be a cohesive team and just wanted to kind of see their perspective on how that works and how that looks from a coach's view. When, when we first got them all here, it was sort of... I was, you know, this is about the only time it was the first few days I was like, I wonder how these kids are going to get along. And then about two days later, I'm like, yeah, they're going to get along. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you would fast forward to now, you would think they have known each other for 10 years. Like, we're, this is the tight, the tightest group. They're, they're hanging out all the time. You go see them in the cafeteria. They're all sitting right next to each other. They're all there together. They all walk together, go to class together, like hang out together. Um, you know, and being as diverse as they are, kids from every part of the country, um, kids from Texas, Virginia, you know, Europe, you know, wherever. I mean, we've got we've got a little bit of everything, but they, it definitely doesn't feel that way. <laughs> you know, it feels like they've known each other for a long time. So just them liking each other makes our job a lot easier. You don't have to force chemistry. You don't have to force them to talk or hang out or, you know, those are things you want to happen voluntarily and, you know, they're, they like each other a lot, maybe too much, I don't know, but they really they really like each other a lot. And, uh, so you get nervous early on, you're like, oh man, I hope they all get along, and then real quick we're like, yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Uh, we have, you know, a team that uh, we could possibly play 13, 14 guys a night, you know, only five get to play, but, you know, when you have depth, you can play fast, you can you can trap, you can, you know, um, play tall guys, you can play small guys. I mean, you, you know, you can, you can do a, a lot of things when you have more people to do it with. You know, last year we weren't very deep, you know, so now our rotation is seven, eight guys. Well, now this year we can go small, we can, we can play a variety of ways, and that just gives you a, a, um, a, a different look. It's hard to scout, um, you know. And, you know, when we lace them up and we go out on the court, we just want to be uh, playing the way that Howard College plays. And so, and now you add in experience, like Coach PC said, we have, we've had guys at different levels. We've had guys that uh, have some type of experience at Division One level, uh, other JUCOs, and now you mix in that talent with the depth, um, you give yourself a great chance to be successful, and that's what... Uh, that's what we're hoping for. All right, guys. So if you could fast forward a couple years from now and your players are talking to each other, they're talking to their, their friends, uh, wherever they go from here, and they're saying, man, I remember Howard College. I remember those coaches we had. If there was something they could remember you two by, what would that be? Yeah. Um, I, I hope no one mistakes my sarcasm for, like, attitude <laughs> so I want everyone to remember me being really sarcastic like just kind of a guy that took everything uh not not so serious you know what I mean um I try to remain as humble as possible and and all that so I hope they remember me as you know yeah we like we liked him you know he never he never he was never uh 
he was never really too much about himself. You know, I just try to um, that for sure, and just and just someone that you know I, I, that I care that I that I left it out there, and I tried, and I didn't. You know, um, I think uh, you know I tried to get the most out of the opportunity here. Um, so when you leave here, I want you know say, hey man, I got that guy. Uh, that guy, Coach PC, actually he actually cared. Like wow, um, that's if you can care and people know you care. You know that uh, you won't you won't make many mistakes if you care. Okay, just just for the fun of it here, I got to ask, Coach Cotton, is there something that your team doesn't know about you? They would roast me if they found this out, but um, <laughs> they would really roast me. But yeah, I think I'm a singer sometimes. You know. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I've been told I have a face for podcasts, so. Um, <laughs> This is good. (laughs) Special thanks to Coach Cotton and Coach PC for taking the time to talk to us about the men's basketball team here at Howard College. We wish you all a great season. Best of luck, guys. Thank you to Ms. McKeska for helping me get a new Howard College ID. Hi, I'd like to shout out to the staff at the cafeteria for keeping our bellies full so we'll be able to gain knowledge in class and pass the semester. As promised, we are releasing a special episode next week, a Halloween ghost story special, just for entertainment purposes. I promise there will be zero educational value in the Halloween episode, except for maybe what not to do when things go bump in the night. Stories told by some of our very own students about personal experiences that have either happened to them or someone they know. Warning, if you scare easily, this will not be the episode for you. But if you think you can handle it, grab a friend and a handful of Halloween candy and sit by your radio for the Howard College Halloween special. Here's a taste of what is coming your way. So I was laying there with her and I was staring off into the pathway. And as I was staring off, I kind of, I saw something and... I, I was thinking about it for a minute because I knew that I saw like a shadow. The issue was is that the shadow, it wasn't like one of my roommates, like they woke up and peeked around the corner. It was something else. And I thought, man, we couldn't find this bag anywhere. We've been looking for this thing for hours. And if we ride out of here and I look at one of those gravestones and that thing is hanging on this old historic headstone, I'm going to lose it. Special thanks to Julie Bailey, Dan Kiley, Gabe Palmquist-Clark, Junsi Cotton, the Howard College e-learning team, and the marketing department. Shout out to Student Services and the College Podcast team for putting this episode together. For links and special content, visit our episode show notes at howardcollege.edu slash hawkcast. And watch for new episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Just search for Howard College and click that subscribe button. Stay tuned for the outtakes. Was to prevent... I'm thinking about it. I'm changing stuff in my head and I can't just read it. My name is Brandon Myers. I'm a freshman with... uh, God, dang, it's not that hard. It's It's not that hard. It happens all the time. Hello. (laughs) They donated this. Okay, that's great. They donated this space and two MacBook MacBook Pro. They donated this space and two Mac Pro. Is that what it is? A Mac. Thanks to Howard Cow. Oh my gosh. Thanks to Howard. There are several opportunities around. There are several opportunities around Howard College where you can earn some money. For example, that does not flow. For more information, visit our website. Wow, I did not have to slam my phone. I'm from San Angelo. <laughs> Where's the stop button? In Big Spring, Texas, born and raised. And the student union is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing all, rocks and all cool. 
shooting some b-ball and playing some pool. When a couple of students who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little just something. I don't know. I I gotta get I I need a minute.